0: Welcome to the podcast. This week's guest is the hilarious Mr. Sparks. Today we discuss controversial issues, cell phones and modern teaching, and turduckins. So let's get started! Sound, sound check. Yeah, it's a good okay. sound check now. This is Victoria,
1: Kate, and Mackenzie with
2: Mr. Sparks.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. Good, you seem very, very, well, very happy. Today. Victoria's
2: got me all, you know, perked
0: up now. So hopefully well, that's you can, good. You know. I mean, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> She's our comedy relief in this.
1: And our talker. Yeah. A yeah. Lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we have questions for you. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously, we have questions. So let's start off. Um, if you had to choose a different career, what would you want to do?
2: There was two things that I always tell my students this, too. I always tell my students every year, you know, they always say, Mr. Sparks, have you always wanted to be a teacher? Or, Mr. Sparks, if you could do something else. And I always tell them there's two things that I would love to try to do or like to go into. And that would be, and these two really go together, a microbiologist or a writer for a sitcom television show.
3: (laughs) Wait, what's a microbiologist?
2: Well, it let me tell you Victoria what a microbiologist is. It's somebody who and I'll probably get it wrong and Mr. Baker will probably listen to this and have to correct me, but it's somebody who studies bacteria and viruses. And so I was I've always been fascinated by that because teaching history like I do, I things like the plague, and it's always fascinated me how such little things such as bacteria or virus can bring down an entire population. So I always thought, hey, that'd be kind of a fun thing to uh, to study and to try to learn more about. And then on the sitcom side, I've just always thought it would be kind of cool to sit around a big table and with, you know, a particular sitcom or just, you know, a particular subject and just create jokes about it. Whether, you know, hopefully it's a funny subject and not, you know, not a, a somber subject that you're trying to make jokes about. But just, uh, you know, just to sit around and, and create laughs. So there, there you have
0: yeah. it. I, I, w- feel, I feel like
1: both of those are just so complicated, you know. <laughs> like you have to learn so much from microbiology and then you have to like work every day to try and come up with something funny for the sitcom.
2: Well, mm-hmm. it's, when you teach every day, you, you learn that you have to come up with stuff every day, too. Yeah. And so the sitcom part of it, I think would be, I think I would really enjoy that. The microbiology, there's a lot of science involved. So I don't know how that might be a little bit more difficult. But I think I can hang with the sitcom stuff. Yeah.
3: Next question. It's, um, what's the most Important current issue in your opinion.
2: Okay. Well, I thought about this a little bit, and there's a couple different things that uh, that kind of came to mind. And uh, first off is in my line of work in education, one of the current issues to me is I'd like to see a study or maybe learn more about or just kind of see what is happening with the amount of smartphone use in the classroom and how much students are dependent on that and how the use of smartphones or the use of technology in general, how that has changed brain development from my generation to your generation. Because you always read about how kids are learning differently now. And that technology has a big effect on that. And so, what I'd like to uh, really find out more about is how much is it is it a negative thing or is it a positive thing having all of these all of this technology, especially with the phones? How much we have become so dependent on them now that it's it's becoming an issue in in the classroom as well. So that's my educational current issue that uh, that kind of concerns me. The other issue that concerns me is being a global teacher and having to talk about issues of the world—not just domestic, but also around the world. The issue to me of those who commit acts of violence against innocents—it's—I—I'd um, I'd like to understand it more. What drives people to do that? Why? Why just think you can just go and you know take an assault rifle and and go into a school and? Commit the things you do. That, that the issue, in my opinion, is is just random acts of violence, and and that really concerns me.
3: Well, I think partly those reasons of random acts of violence are not just. um, I mean, if people, it's more and more of a mentality, maybe a illness, if you want to say. But like most people who um, choose those acts of violence, have either something going on in their minds that's a negative. Feeling, or um, their way in their social life and their surroundings or environment is what makes them jump off the bridge and do that. Also, it could be um, either religious things, which um, unfortunately a lot of people get wrong. With especially over there in ISIS, um, they have gone way off their um, their um, their
0: horse off their rocker? <laughs> yeah, 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 the rocker. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I just read this one thing. It was really interesting talking about the whole religious aspect of it. Um, I I don't like to give that much of an opinion because I think we've all been getting way too many people's opinions oh, lately.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, one thing I did see, though, kind of talked about how the one thing we cannot do is attack Muslims. It's not like yeah, Muslims. <laughs> it's, no, it's not them. Yeah. It's not them. So I think that's um, just, you know, finding...
2: Well, I the think that the, the right? whole issue there too is, you know, with the the current issue of of how many of these Syrian refugees do you grant immunity to, or do you grant passports to? When some of the Syrians, you know, some of the the terrorists who just did their act in Paris had Syrian passports. So, where do you draw the line? I mean, you know, you have, you know, the, again the old adage, the few bad apples. Uh, you know, do you shut out an entire group? because there's, you know, one or two of them that are going to commit an atrocity. Where do you draw that line? You know, if they end up, you know, killing some of your own, uh, if you would have drawn that line to ban the entire group, maybe that wouldn't have happened. So you have those sitting on that side saying, well, look what we could have done to prevent this, but then if if you allow or didn't allow access, then you might not be granting safe haven to those who really need it and you know you might not make a difference in their lives. So, yeah, where do you draw that line between being a being a humanitarian and worrying about the safety of of those at home as well? So.
3: Well, personally, what I think is that maybe we should, um, if we you know come across any Syrian refugees, they should have like a protocol or something to go with them. You know, like to check up on their background and ask investigation to make sure that they're safe or something before we can you know let them in. I mean. Any you know, in any place that you cross the border in any country, they're going to have customs, and maybe we should do that. You know, with refugees also. I mean, maybe we do that already right now. I'm not really a hundred percent on what we do with refugees right now, but if we had a, maybe a little bit more security on who comes in and um, try to filter out the bad ones or the ones that we're unsure of, mm-hmm. maybe uh, that would be a better situation for us and we don't have to feel like we have to block all of them out or anything, because I know not all of them, you know, are going to be like ISIS and most importantly ISIS is probably taking over their homes but, and it's nothing they can do about it, not right now anyway and what I've seen on the news is that um, there's a lot of countries like Russia just now um, is willing to cooperate to get rid of ISIS along with America and I think A lot of the countries are now waking up to see Mm -hmm. that in order to stop ISIS, we may have to come together just Mm -hmm. to, you know... Something that
2: should have been done a little while back, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I think, too, and they were interviewing... uh, I can't remember whether it it was a French official or a Belgian official saying that if you have these immigrants come in and they have a clean passport, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing to prevent you from stopping them from, you know, if, if they are a member of a sleeper cell, if they come in with a clean passport, they, there's no signs that's, that's telling you that they're a member of a sleeper cell. So it's, it's almost impossible to stop them.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not a black and white subject at all. I know. Um, just like the, the last thing I'm going to say about it is, I think, I'm going to bring it back since I've seen Star Wars now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to make sure that we're not coming from a place of hate and fear, um, you know, not taking care of people. We need to keep our humanity during this time and stay together, um, not just as a country, but as people in general, fighting for, yeah. you know... What's right. Yeah, what exactly. What they believe in, basically. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and we we can't just cave into the fear or hate or it will become a very mm-hmm. tough world. For us. H- like.
2: History has taught us that that has happened quite yeah. a few times. definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And
3: let's... Let's put this in advice. Let's not repeat any history that's already
2: <laughs>
1: happened. Okay, guys? Please. Not the bad stuff, anyway. <laughs> yeah. What about your opinion, Mackenzie? Um, I kind of agree with both of you guys. I mean, like, everything you said was pretty on point. Okay, and that leads us to our next question. Take it away, Mackenzie. So you're a global studies teacher, which mm-hmm. means you study things from, like, all over the world in the past. So what's your favorite time period?
2: Well, you're going to love this because I'm going to go so far into the past, but I also do U.S. history, and I think this is kind of my forte in U.S. history, too, is I love talking about the 1950s and the 1960s because the 1950s, especially in America, there was, I don't know, post-World War II, and it just seems like there was so much, and, you know, it's easy to say because I didn't live in that era, so depending on what group you were... You know what class, you know social class. Maybe you would think differently, but there was just so much optimism in the nineteen fifties. In you know when you see you know just what could be accomplished, and then you have the nineteen sixties and what a a huge transition that this country went through. So much change uh, between nineteen fifty and nineteen sixty. I think that was. It's just really interesting to see a country go from.
1: Of the state. So much
2: optimism in the '50s, early '60s, to the change that it did, and that's one thing I teach about. You know, I take, teach about the Kennedy assassination, the Vietnam War, and how those things really changed uh, America and changed the outlook and the perception of many Americans uh, that may have had a different outlook or perception in the 1950s. So. I, th- I think that's kind of interesting, and I love love teaching about that, too. I also have to throw in the 1980s, because that's when I grew up as a, I Gotta was a... love
3: that music. I was
2: a teenager in the 1980s, and I, one thing I always kind of think would be interesting, too, is if I would be an adult in the 80s, would I find it
1: as fun as I did
2: as a teen Probably in the not. 80s? But I don't know <laughs> yet.
1: You'd probably be like, oh, those children, are yeah. rap music or whatever they're music.
2: All music. those new wave hairstyles, spiked <laughs> yeah. hair. And, yeah.
0: All their clothes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about you, Victoria? Well,
3: I want to go way back, way back to the 19th century because I don't know, I, I always feel like I was born in the wrong era. Because <laughs> I want to go to one. Actually, I want to go back to like the 1840s and 60s I mean, all they had were all these fancy, nice ball gatherings, and you wore these nice, beautiful gowns and everything. I know that seems like a princessy dream, but I really want to experience that. Because, I mean, <laughs> nowadays, all you have is just the 21st century dances, which is basically grinding and jumping up and down until your feet hurt. And I think that's just boring. Agreed. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
2: You didn't <laughs> dance in the '80s then. No,
3: I wasn't born there ain't in There were no 80s.
2: grinding in the '80s. Let me tell you that.
3: It'd so much fun—classical music, waltzing, and all that—and you get to talk to the person while you're dancing. It's, yeah, no such thing as cell phones. Yeah, well, that too. But yeah. it's just—it's just my dream. Yeah, <laughs> my dream that I will never have.
0: Oh man.
1: How about you, Mackenzie? I've always like it's not really a time period, but I've always wanted to be in the movie Grease, just like wear all <laughs> oh, those man. clothes. There you go. <laughs> That's I the eighties, right? <laughs> the no. Grease? No.
2: seventies. No. That was the 70s.
1: It was uh, either
2: late fifties late fifties, I think.
3: Oh darn. Yeah. Well yeah. I mean well I mean she had like the tight black outfits and the S-s- poofy. Hairs, mm-hmm. So I thought it was, I was mm-hmm.
1: That's cool. I, I love cool oh, skirts. skirts. Oh yeah. That's I had cool, one right. when I was younger. Yeah. I <laughs> think well, it was probably like a knockoff or something, but <laughs> had a poodle on it. Yeah. That's right.
0: Hmm. How about you, Kate? Oh, I love this. Um, turn of the century um, to about the 20s would be the perfect time for me. Um, if you know me, you know I am obsessed with Charlie Chaplin. I, mm. just to, I would love to see the birth of like go from vaudeville mm. to silent movies, just seeing that. But those flapper dresses. Oh my nineteen twenties, yeah, just everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to work on film and film was a new medium mm-hmm. would be amazing. I would man those fancy would, cars. Either that or because I think I'm gonna end up going to school for film. Um, the eighties, I love. Like there's something so magical about like the Goonies and the Labyrinth yeah. The Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And Wait>. Labyrinth. <laughs> all that really? stuff. It's just like this fantasy element that you see. Like, you think of the 80s, you think of just fantastic stories, and just... Well, the 1840s had good, fantastic stories, too.
3: I mean, great etiquette. I mean, mannerism and everything.
0: Yeah, for all those gentlemen that aren't gentlemen. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What? I love 1840s. Anyway, so those are my two things I can't really choose between.
3: Gotta love the past. (laughs) Well, the good parts, anyway. Okay. Next question.
0: Um... Sticking with the whole theme of time, mm-hmm. would you rather go to the past or the future, and why?
2: You always have, especially me with history, it a desire to go back to the past and, you know, maybe have an influence and change and see how things would play out, you know, if, if certain things didn't happen. Future, I don't know. I... The future might be interesting because you don't know what it's going to be like. So it'll be completely a surprise to you. Whereas with the past, if you have studied the past, you know, if the history books have been written right, uh, it won't be so much of a surprise. But I think the past would be interesting because just maybe if you have the power to stop like a, a monumental event and maybe see how the world would develop uh, if that event didn't take place, like a particular assassination, or yeah, something, you know. Uh, but then, I don't know if you guys ever read Stephen King's uh, book about the Kennedy assassination.
3: Nope, not Where, yet.
2: Not yet. It's been out for about <laughs> six I'm, or seven years. Give me like
3: six or seven more years, oh. and I'll get to it. Well, it has it has
2: to do with this guy who's able to travel back in time to 1963, and he wants to stop the kennedy assassination but time or whatever force will not allow him to do it so it's really interesting everything that he tries to do to try to stop the assassination something some imaginary force will keep him from doing it so it's really interesting it's kind of a take i think on as much as we want to change the past it you cannot be changed.
3: Well, and it's like it's like it's supposed to happen. It's fate. It's meant right. to go. Mm-hmm.
2: Meant so I'd say I'd like to go back to the past, but I'll make sure not to step on or kill any butterflies. How's that?
0: I like that. Um, butterflies. used to watch a lot of Doctor Who, and that's a whole fixed point in time. Can't do certain things because, you know, you can't mm-hmm. ruin the way that time right. happens. Right. Future or past? Um, I still could never tell you. Can I do both? No, of course not. <laughs>
2: How much uh, time probably, do we got
0: left? Yeah, probably past, <laughs> if I had to choose. And why? And why? Um, it's, you know, you grew up with certain things, you have the comforts to see where they stem from would be really cool. Yeah, maybe, like the 80s. maybe you know what, maybe
2: you could relate 60s. to people better in the past knowing how things were, oh, yeah. as opposed to in the future, if you don't know... How they are yeah, or what could be crazy. you could be like, Okay, what what do I do here?
1: I guess you know? most people fear of the unknown. Mm. That's basically it. Mackenzie? I'd go to the past too. Like I just like the idea of the past. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I was I was saying maybe if we go too far into the future, maybe we won't even be here, and I'll be the only one. Oh yeah. Uh, Mm, Another scary thought. Okay, right. You're piggybacking (laughs) on that. Go ahead, Victoria.
3: Well, the past. Every time I think about the past, (laughs) or like if I want to go, well, yeah, ball gowns. (laughs) I just love that. But like, (laughs) if I think about another part of the world, I always imagine it not in the modern sense, but more in the like the past where they had all the traditional traditions that they had. Like maybe in Germany, they were more outfitted in
0: uh, Nazi. (laughs) No, no.
3: (laughs) more like more like they had more of their their ancient monuments, you know, um, brick houses and well, they still have their cobblestone, you know, roads. But I I think that'd be cool. Or like in um, in China, where they have their nice, cool tradition, traditional. Yeah, traditional. Everything. I just I just love tradition. I just love world culture, culture, I just, it's, to me, when I go traveling and I get disappointed because all I see are trains and like modern trains and buses and technology, I get a little sad in my heart because I always imagined the past and all their cool stuff when they didn't have all that technology. So do you
2: have any desire to go to Tokyo?
3: I do, I do. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's Tokyo, but definitely Definitely wish it was in the past sometimes, but the present's pretty good, too. The future, we may not know what happens, but it is a very big curiosity on what does. Mm -hmm. Deep. Okay, you know, just, you know, this is our second episode, but I gotta put in my animals like I always do. So the next question is dedicated to all those lovely organisms out there.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I got a little deep in character.
3: But um, what three animals would you put together to make the best animal?
2: You're going to love this being an animal lover, right? Are you an animal lover? I love animals. Okay, so I said it's already been done, and it has to do with food. And the three animals that have been put together to make a very tasty dish is a turducken. Have you ever tried a turducken? turducken. No. It's a a duck stuffed inside a a chicken stuffed inside a duck. Stuffed inside a turkey. So it's just
3: three else. different meats. Yeah. That does and sound it good. It is
2: very good if it's cooked correctly. So um, there's my three yeah. animals that I would
3: put You make cook. me so <laughs> hungry right now because I have not had lunch. Mm, now I'm
0: thinking <laughs> about Thanksgiving. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> See, you that's for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.
2: I, I had one for Christmas one time, yeah, but I never had one for Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, it was I'll very have to good. tell my mom. To t- we have to try there that. There
2: you
3: go. <laughs> she may hate me because it may be a long process, but oh, yeah. food is food. <laughs> How about you, Mackenzie?
1: Um I probably put a turtle because they live forever and they're they're cute. And then a sloth because they just sleep all the time and There's like it's too a, slow. Things. Yeah. <laughs> and then a jaguar because oh, they're there we fast. Go. Like <laughs> like <yeah>, still. <laughs> no, um, a jaguar because they're fast and they can get away from predators. So I can <laughs> sleep all day, live forever and run fast. There you go. It's a
2: sloth hang from a tree. Yeah, tree? so yeah,
1: they they only poop once a week.
2: Hey. What? There you yeah, go. Do you
1: know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact from last. Just like episode. Martin Luther, right? Yeah. yeah. There we go. So,
3: I'm going to have to stick with this. My favorite animal is a tiger, and I love tigers. I love white tigers a lot because they're so cute. But I'm going to have to add a koala nice bear in kitty, there. Nice
2: kitty, nice so, kitty.
3: So instead of having a big, huge, furious tiger, it's going to be a big, huge, furious tiger inside a small koala body. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so it's cute, but ferocious that's at the same fierce time. That's a koala. <laughs> and just to add a little bit of the mix, it should, it should have some gills on its neck so it's going to be able to swim. So any kind of fish. Oh, maybe some starfish genes. So if the leg gets cut off, maybe it can grow back. Yeah, I like the sound of that. All right. Good. (laughs) Sounds great. Okay. Next question,
1: I guess. Which is, what's your favorite part of teaching history through film?
2: Well, I think to me, a couple of reasons. One, I show some great movies, and I think with a lot of my students, they've seen them before, which is good because they are such great movies. Um, But the other reason that I enjoy teaching this type of class is it will engage those students, a lot of those students who might not necessarily get engaged about historical subjects because they're watching it through film. And yes, the Hollywood does like to embellish sometimes and kind of mess with storylines that actually happen, but the movies that I show for the most part try to get it right. And so I find that a lot of my students who have taken this class really enjoy it because it gives them a great visual representation of you know what probably or pretty close to uh, how history played out. So that's that's kind of fun to do that to for them to get that visual. Yeah,
0: Whew. That, I love taking it. Um, as soon as I learned, like I moved here, learned it was a class, and signed up right away. Um, and I. I enjoyed that class so much. Um, I don't think I'd seen, I think I m- maybe saw one movie that was on that list. And every single movie, it was so interesting to like watch it and then learn what was wrong about how they did the movie, learn how they got it right, and then just kind of enjoy it and go, hey, this is actually something that happened. Even if it's embellished, uh-huh. it's something that happened. I think that's... So cool that they
2: can And I always tell my students in there too that you may maybe just certain movies, maybe not stuff like, you know, a Marvel movie or something, but you, you may not watch movies the same way again, especially if they're dealing with, you know, pretty pretty uh intense subjects. You might watch movies a little bit differently now than you might normally. Mm.
3: Okay, all podcast listeners, it is time for the second annual, second episode annual, <laughs> <laughs> lightning round! Woo! Okay, I'm
0: just going to stop with the dorky comments and let's just get started. Okay, thank you. Uh, favorite color? Green. Favorite movie?
2: Toss-up. There's three of them. Jaws, Star Wars Episode Four. Of course, Star Not Wars. Not that Episode One stuff. <laughs> and Caddyshack.
3: Shack. Oh, what yeah. that? Good.
2: Yeah. You, you'll see it someday.
3: <laughs> I'll go look it up right after this. Okay, least favorite movie?
2: The English Patient. My colleagues will like that comment.
0: <laughs> favorite animal?
2: Uh, I gotta say my dog, the Shih Tzu. <laughs> <laughs>
1: favorite president?
2: Uh, lot to choose from, but I'm gonna go with Teddy Roosevelt.
3: Worst or best thing you've ever bought?
2: Well, paying uh, full price for a new computer with the Windows Me operating system. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dream vacation.
2: Uh, There's quite a few of these, but I think I'm going to have to go with a month-long Mediterranean cruise.
0: Yes. Sorry, I'm just... Okay, start daydreaming. <laughs> dream car.
2: My dream car will be a 69 Camaro SS.
0: Okay, other
3: than that ducky. <laughs> but what is your perfect meal?
2: Uh, my perfect meal would be any fresh fish, either a bottom fish or a salmon. So like sushi? Uh, I love sushi. No, it's got to be cooked.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm gosh. Not,
2: I'm not a raw fish person.
1: Favorite TV show?
2: Oh, Breaking Bad.
1: Ooh, Ooh. Favorite song?
2: Hands down, Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd.
3: And the last and most important question of the day, Marvel or DC?
2: Whichever one had Wonder Woman.
3: So DC. (laughs) DC. Oh my God. If you think
2: back to 1970s TV, that's all I need to say. Whichever one had Wonder Woman.
0: Wonder Woman. (laughs) Well, okay, so we want to thank you so much for your time. Mm We would love it if you would finish this episode with your favorite quote.
2: Okay. I had to look this one up because there was a lot, but I knew there was one, and I couldn't really remember it, but I had heard it before, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. So this one is from the late Steve Jobs, and this is one I really, really like to, uh, you know, maybe it goes with my personality, but maybe not. I don't know. But he said, The people who are crazy enough to think... They can change the world are the ones who do. And that is my I
3: favorite think quote. that is a perfect quote. That's a great quote. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't think it you does could match. change the world, you wouldn't be doing anything. There and you. that goes for everyone out there, even you podcast listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our three Our three
3: listeners. We have more than Are, my are you the,
1: are you the three? We're no. up to four. for listening the podcast is an ahs production brought to you by victoria holcomb
0: mackenzie burnett kate carna and clint hill graphics are by Raina christian music and editing is by victoria holcomb special thanks to this week's sponsor doe and arrow at 380 14th street we'll see you all next time as we cast off on our next
3: episode